welcome to another episode of the Gospel Lifeline Podcast. My name is Neil Grogan. I'm here with Matthew Statler. And we are excited to continue, or not continue, to move into a new series, a mini-series. We just wrapped up Revelation. That was, what, seven weeks? Seven churches. And seven Seven weeks, weeks, seven churches. (laughs) You know, I I, I really enjoyed that series. I think mainly, Matt, because it gave it, it just gave us a glimpse at the intimate relationship that Jesus has with his people. Yeah. And, uh, I think that'll serve us well as we go forward. Um, even in this podcast series, you know, I was talking to my dad not too long ago and he was telling me about this breakfast meeting that he does a couple times a month with about three other guys. And he's telling me how these, these older gentlemen have been pouring into him and he's got a chance to pour into them. And basically he's telling me, you know, I've, he's never had that in his life. Like mm, wow. there's been this lack of real friendship, at least authentic friendships, right. you know? And, uh, what's also neat is just seeing his, like over the last several years of doing this, there's this exponential growth that's been occurring in his life and his relationship with Jesus. But I think that's probably a common problem just for everybody. I mean, we, we were talking about earlier about that article that got put out about uh, suicide rates amongst teenagers and things like that. Yeah. Matt, what, what were some of the things that that laid out for us and what are some, what are some um, aspects of that we should be listening to? so that we can now apply scripture to combat those things. Yeah. So this article was actually an article reviewing a study um, and the study is still getting peer reviewed. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt for, for that. But basically they found that it, what? Or, or a kernel of pepper. Um, Well, I don't know about that. That's (laughs) You need some authentic manhood to fix that problem. Um, Boom. Make you some cooking. Um, So, Five times more, <laughs> five times more children died by suicide than died from COVID in the UK, and um, that's kind of a gr- a grim thought. But think about that for a minute. And, and as they were doing this study, it's because the UK had such draconian lockdowns. I mean, they were very, um, very heavy duty in their locking, the, you know, locking down. Not like in some of our states where we have more freedoms and less freedoms, but the United Kingdom was very strict on it. And we know that the the UK has had a moral decay that's been much more pronounced uh, than the United States. And so uh, I can't imagine the homes that many of those kids were living in. And and as I was looking at the data and stuff like that, you know, I'm not a scientist, so I can't tell you um, details, but it seemed to me that what these kids lacked were relationships they mm. they were isolated and they were lonely and um you know mom or dad had to work the whole time during the lockdown which makes sense if you're trying to make money and you're trying to afford to live and so these kids were basically left isolated and alone and um and it led to this this hopelessness mm-hmm. uh, and, and it really does point us to the fact that we are relational beings uh like you mm. said your dad has been really getting a lot of benefit from uh, this relationship with these other men that he's meeting with. 
And, and I know even, even though I'm more introverted personally, that I still really benefit from meeting with other men and being sharpened, um, challenged even, um, and being able to say dumb things that get challenged and refined in our conversations. Um, so not only does it make me better um, as a communicator, better as a thinker, but also just emotionally, uh, I, I'm better off as well because I'm able to take feedback in the spirit that it's given. And, and it's not like always a Facebook fight, right? Where one mm -hmm. person says something and then five people give seven uninformed <laughs> statements right afterwards. And it's always an attack like, oh, you said you like milkshakes? Well, you just hate cows. And everybody's just like, what do you what do you do with this right because but it's right. No, no one knows how to have a conversation anymore and um so, yeah go ahead so what this podcast is not about or this topic is not about is we're not here to talk about covid at all that's right but in yeah. fact we're we're here to talk about spiritual friendships um exactly where we see them rooted in scripture how to how to get them what to look for and then, you know, what are the disciplines that we maintain as we are friends with one another? And Neil, this is and, so pronounced. Um, and, and you know what? And, right. and it's funny. Let's, let's tie it into the military while we're at it. So culturally, sure. America is very individualized and we, we like to, to isolate or self pull away, right? We're, we're a lot more. Right. And even England is even, you know, a lot more um, stoic than, than us in America. But look at the, our culture in the military. You're forced to be with dudes and you sleep right next to them in the worst conditions possible, right? Guys and gals and just combat conditions. And we have to be forced to be around other people. And then people leave the military and what happens? They go home. There's a vacuum. There's a vacuum. There's no friendships. Yeah. There's no relationships. And, and that's what we see in um, people who struggle in counseling, uh, in their faith. And even in the church, we see, this lack of friendships and and the real the reality is this is not something that just happens. Um, mm. It's it's a thing that requires discipline, and that's why I really like uh, Kit Hughes and his disciplines of a godly man. and And friendship is one of them. That's where we get a lot of our material for this um, this idea, along Seriously. with scripture, right? Right, of course. <clears throat> yeah, it's almost like we've moved from the front porch to the cave. Yeah. You know. If it, you know, like you, you were talking about culturally um, being more individualistic and celebrating sp specific things. I mean, if I think you can look at how houses are constructed nowadays versus they were 50 years ago with big front porches, big living spaces. Um, that's that's gone away. Now, what we value is large backyards with high fences and bigger closets and bathrooms, you know, where we have a, our me time, you know? Yeah. And, um, we want, we want that, we, uh, what, what was it called? Man, it's uh, escaped my mind, but it was like uh, inconvenience, right? We don't want right. the inconvenience of a neighbor talking to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, like nowadays you can literally live in a neighborhood in a subdivision and be there 10 years and not know your neighbor's name. You know, yeah, and, and I find that just crazy to me because, like you said earlier, Matt, we're, we were created for relationship. Yeah. Um, I think one principle we can pull from Genesis chapter two, 
um, is that, you know, it is not good for man to be alone. Yes. And now there, that's not just, I mean, of course, that's talking about Eve and the institution of marriage, but I think there's an ontological element that is um, necessary for us to understand as well because of who our God is, right? Yeah. And God in himself is this perfect relationship uh, this in, in the Trinity. And as image bearers, we... Um, we're looking to that kind of relationship as our father has with himself, right? That's right. And that requires so, intimacy. And, and and that's that's mm. that's one of the things we're we're seeing is that that men tragically don't have any real intimate friends. Um, mm. there's even a, a I don't know what you call it, a, a survey that says only ten percent of all men ever have any real friends. Um Whereas women also are are struggling in this as well now, but um, yeah, more but, so. But yeah, but ultimately, men have bought into the lie that you can be a loner, a heroic loner, or real men don't need people. Um, <laughs> John Rambo, <laughs> yeah, Rambo. Um, you see John Wayne. You see the Army of One. Back in the day, that was right. a big slogan. That was a big joke, right? Um, yeah, like what army? has one person like that's not that's the opposite of an army right um but but you have this mentality of like you know what what's in it for me um if i make a friendship or relationship it's around an activity right Um, right and and yeah we we work in the same space or we have the same um hobbies like you know matt and i both really enjoy guns um, it, but if that was like the nature of our relationship, I mean, that ends very quickly. That never gets deep, does it? No. Um, we, we would, we wouldn't probably get past an opinion or an emotional level. Maybe like if something bad happened, I might call Matt and be like, my dog died, you know, and tell him my country song. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but past that, there's no true transparency. And, and I think that's what the Bible's getting at when it encourages us to, um, live in relationship with one another. Um, so, so we said so far, Matt, that we are, there's this problem. Number one, that man, we lack these kinds of friendships. We lack spiritual friendships. Yeah. Um, and it might, it might also coincide with, um, not being in authentic church community, I think, um, is an aspect that, that, that flows from, but, um, that, that's a, that's a real problem. And, um, the solution God has given to that kind of broken issue is by creating us for a relationship. And then we have Jesus, who is our perfect example. Uh, just before we go on, Matt, I want to read a couple of passages um, or one passage in John chapter 15. Let me turn there real quick. John 15 verses 13 and 15 says this. No one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my father. So we have these words from Christ, right? Who who he's talking to is the disciples. His disciples. And what does he call them, Matt? I don't know. I wasn't listening. 
He calls them his friends. You know, <laughs> you're not you're not being a good friend. Right I'm being no, a bad friend. But no, he calls, it sparked yeah, me. It sparked me at my thoughts because there's a difference between friendship and Christian friendship, um, right? And, and I think that's kind of where we're getting in the in this passage. It's, it's at a deeper level, a supernatural level. Um, yeah. And uh, Kent Hughes yeah, we, we, breaks down some things. Can I can I give him that? Can I do that? Yeah, go for it. Um, the Holy Spirit makes two souls chorus the same cries. And it says they assent to the same authority. They know the same God. They go the same way. They long for the same things. They dream mutual dreams. They yearn for the same experiences of holiness and worship. And Jesus' disciples had that, right? They all longed to go the same way as Christ as he was explaining the way. Um, and I think that's really what you're bringing out, Neil, in that passage. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we just look uh, at the whole narrative of the Gospels, we see Christ establish relationship with 12 men. That's right. And then... From there, we see this intimate circle of three flesh out where Christ has even a deeper relationship yes. um, with those men. And and that is a reflection like of what you just said. Um, and so we have this example in Christ, this perfect example set for us, but we also see it throughout Scripture. Absolutely. Um, I think one of the most common examples is going to be David and Jonathan, right? Um, both men who trusted God's will and had their faith in him, desire to see him make much of his name. Yeah. And and that would lead Jonathan to man swearing loyalty and an oath, uh, making a covenant with David, um, which wouldn't make sense in that day because Jonathan was, you know, he should be the next in line to be king. Yeah, what could have easily and, gotten in the way of that relationship would have been selfishness, right? Yeah, Jonathan, totally. Jonathan was next in line, and if he said, no, my way, not God's way, I don't care who this David thinks he is, that would have right. ended that friendship right there. And But that's mm-hmm. not what we see. We see Jonathan being knit together with David's soul in many ways. Yeah, and, he, and even pr- protecting him when his father wanted to actually kill him. That's right. And man, I just find that man, crazy, right? Um, but it's a reflection of his trust in the Lord, which was supreme overall. And then David, his trust in the Lord. So there's some like mutual um, uh, mutuality going on there. And and going back to what you said earlier, Matt, man, that's centered on their relationship with God. And so there's this soul level connection that uh is what is unifying us so in a spiritual friendship what's required of us first and foremost is a soul level connection that begins what we believe about god and uh, the direction we desire to go right yeah so what about matt so if that's like okay step one for getting a (laughs) godly friend right uh who is of the same sex let's say that on purpose why we just real quick but why we would say same sex is because only in our own gender do we understand the serpentine passages of one another's hearts right yeah um a lot a lot of guys will say things like well uh, my wife is my best friend 
So I don't need to have those kind of relationships with other guys and women probably say the same thing. I'm not one. So I don't presume, but, but I assume, <laughs> but, um, we, we say, um, opposite or I'm sorry, same sex re- uh, friendship. Um, because your wife is meant to be your most intimate friend, but only in the context of, uh, like Matt and me or a male to male friendship or a female to female friendship, do we understand and are able to hold one another accountable on that level um, based on where our hearts are? I think there's and two so reasons ma- why we respond that way, you know, Neil, um, you know, cause, cause I get that too, right? I'm like, you have to have a good male friend and the, and the guy will be like, well, my wife is my best friend. And I think there's two reasons. One, it's a cop out, right? Like, my wife is my covenantal partner. So she kind of has to deal with me when we disagree and when things don't go the way we want them. Um, she's kind of forced to be there with me due to the relationship. The second reason I think that people do, the second reason why I think um, people say that is because of ignorance and not ignorance in yeah. a mean way, but just, they just said, you know, I'm happy with my wife. I'm happy that we have this blissful ignorance, blissful ignorance. And, and so I think you're, I think you're exactly right. So, yeah. So, so we, we would say that's a cop out number one. Um, so when we're looking for this kind of spiritual friendship, we want to make sure we have a soul level connection. So what is unifying us is Christ. Yeah. And then, uh, then we, maybe ask the question of where do we find those kind of people? Well, we would say uh, that your best bets at church, right? And you begin those relationships. You start getting this deeper relationship, this, this brotherhood or this sisterhood, right? Um, That is glorifying God and you're holding one accountable. And it's this beautiful picture and this beautiful experience. And then something goes wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And even before that, um, Neil, a lot of guys will say something like, I just don't have anything in common with the men at my con- in my church. Well, the sure, problem sure. is you're looking at a at very surface level commonality. You're not looking yeah, yeah. at who's your authority, who is right. the God that you both know, who is the direction that you're going, what dreams should you be having together as a as a family of believers? Right. So you're yeah. you're looking at the soul or at a, at a, a surface level understanding of friendship uh, when instead you should of a be soul level at a, instead of a soul level. Right. But you're right. That's so. Right. So what happens, though, when you make a friend and you think you're on the same mission together, you're serving the same God? Um, I mean, I think we, I think Paul has experienced this pretty heavily in Second Timothy, chapter four. And um, Second Timothy four, he's kind of outlaying his outlining his his struggles. And verse nine, he, he brings up um, that he wants them to make every effort. And he said, because this guy named Demas, who he complimented in an earlier letter, has loved this present world and has gone off to Thessalonica. And then he just names a bunch of people who have left him. And he says, only this guy is with me. But then he mentions bringing this guy, Mark, who he already had some struggles with previously and said, bring him because he's very yeah. useful to me. So hmm. all these people have abandoned. In fact, he says he was betrayed. He said, Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him. And then at verse 16, he says, at my first defense, 
No one stood by me, but everyone deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that I might fully preach the word and all the Gentiles might hear it. And so instead of saying, well, I'm never going to make friends again because everyone abandoned me at my moment of need, because he was. I mean, he's in prison, uh, possibly about to be executed, and everyone has abandoned him. But he still says, you know what? Bring that guy that at one point I got into an argument about bringing because I didn't trust him. Um, and, and so what we see with Paul is that these friendships that betrayed him did not stop him from continuing to invest in other men and continue to make these friendships, um, with people. And in fact, he even holds friendships even dearer and tighter because he talks about greeting Prisca and Aquila and, um, just the greetings that he gives. And so for me, man, I'm telling you, Paul is just such a, an inspiration in so many levels, but I would have never thought that his betrayal would point to something like friendship. What about you? Mm. Yeah, I think, um, barring unrepentant sin, right. There's nothing that should cause true division amongst us. And I think that's kind of where Paul's getting at with, with some of it is that there's been some unrepentant sin that's caused this division, right? That's right. Uh, not only that, but Paul's been sinned against. He's been abandoned. He feels abandoned. Um, he feels alone. He has um, the different men in his life who have gone on to other places um, because of the mission of God and other reasons. Um, but the heart that Paul maintains for these relationships, I think... Um, or the picture that it gives us really reflects back to Ephesians four thirty two Matt, when it says to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. Yeah. And I think, and, and I, I want to stress this point really quick, because uh, I, I was, <laughs> I was thinking about it, reading Psalm 59 today, um, is that one of the, potential sins we commit when we feel maybe betrayed or someone has sinned against us and not, not because we've been doing things, but it's, it's just been exercised that way or it's, or it's happened that way. It's that the thing that protects us from bitterness and resentment is dwelling on our own undeserved grace. Right. And so when we begin to stop, and I think this is what Paul's doing, man. I think I think Paul is thinking about, man, how has how has he even even more so sinned against God, and but God has given this grace to him and forgiven him, and so you know Paul maintains this same heart, and and the biggest reason I think that in this text that you reference is because of John Mark. Yeah, um, John Mark. Um, I guess for lack of a better word, wussed out, you know, <laughs> early on in um, their missionary journeys in Barnabas, you know, uh, their friendship kind of didn't end, but there was some separation that occurred as a result. Yeah. And Barnabas went and continued to work with John Mark and Paul just had to keep on going, <laughs> you know? That's right. And so, um, but to see John Mark come back around, at this kind of ending, this capstone of Paul's ministry is, is a reflection of uh, what Paul is dwelling on and what we should be dwelling on. So when, 
our friendships, these deep spiritual soul level types of friendships that we're talking about, when they uh, encounter relational strife, our heart should be set on the grace that we don't deserve that we should give to others. We should be generous with grace is what I'm saying. Um, And that's the example that Christ gives us. So Neil, what would be some ways to find some spiritual friends or to at least start the process of looking? I mean, we mentioned kind of in passing several things. Um, So like as a dumb scout, I kind of like to get a summary. Um, The first thing I say would be look at your local church. All right. Look Mm. at, Look at the men's ministry or lack of men's ministry. Look at um, the pastor. Uh, Look at the small group. Look at the men in the church and look at them and say, what are some ways that they are glorifying God? And is there some way that I can be a part of that? Um, And it may be, like for me, I have prayer meeting at like 830 in the morning at my office. That's inconvenient for some people. Um, but that would be a great encouragement to have men come alongside and sit in that prayer meeting, even when they have to get up a little earlier or, or, um, take a, take a later, you know, lunch to get to, to get to to work or whatever it needs to happen. Um, there's inconvenience, but your, your goal is glorifying God together. Um, what about, what about you, Neil? You got any suggestions? Yeah, I think uh, with it, with anything, we, we have to take inventory of the biblical spiritual community we currently have. So yes. if all I do is I go to church on Sunday, that's fancy. well, you're really not communicating all that much with that with that congregation. Right. Hebrews 10, you know, tells us to not to neglect assembling together. So there's this church level of that. But I think there's also this relational level. And so we need to pursue more community. So if I'm not in a Sunday school class or a small group or or anything of that kind of where there's more opportunities to cultivate spiritual friendships, um, I would start there. Man, I step one is to get in more community, right? Yeah. And then as we're we've in, entered into more community, now we can, like you were saying, kind of looking for okay, um, what is the authority this person has over their life? Uh, do we know the same God, right? Are they, what direction are they going? How do they shepherd their family? Um, so on and so forth. Um, are, are they longing for Christ likeness? Like I'm longing for Christ likeness. You know, Neil, this um, is where hospitality comes in and, and we don't use it much, right? Have them over for a barbecue. Yeah. Don't, say, don't hey, wield it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm grilling uh, after church today, I'd love to have you. Or, hey, next week, I'm going to grill after church. I'd love to have you come mm-hmm. over and just have a conversation with some folks, right? No, I think I think that's great. And at both of our churches, you know, we, we have this kind of value of the table that we, we think, man, uh, these kind of relationships are cultivated around the table. And yeah. so biblical hospitality is something to engage in. It helps us to let our guards down and to encourage one another uh, um, at, as we eat together, as we fellowship, right? right? So I think what you're getting at is we're in community and then we fellowship, right? Right. And so as we're fellowshipping, we're looking at these things, we're talking, we're having, we're, we're answering questions, we're asking questions, so on and so forth. Um, 
but at some point, right, someone's got to fall on their sword. Yeah. Um, and, and that really, I think looks like this. I'm, I deal with this issue and man, I've just, I've just, I'm, I'm looking for someone to kind of give me some counsel, uh, from scripture regarding this issue. And, and be wise about this, because I've seen this go bad, too, Neil. Like, yeah. don't verbal yeah. vomit because you're so desperately longing for this. But little piecemeal, <laughs> right? Just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. hey, man, I'm, I'm really struggling with my, my relationship with my kids. You got you look right. like you have a good relationship. What do you guys do on the weekdays, right? Or or just yeah. slowly, you know, reel, <laughs> reel it in because... Yeah. Uh, you don't want to just go, Hey, by the way, I have all these problems and that person is going to look at you and, and run because they're like, what's happening. Yeah, It's like someone who jumps on a football field or a soccer field and then just takes off a robe and they're running naked. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Them. Yeah. Yeah. You want to, you want to, I don't know, show your ankle first. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's <laughs> yeah. ever right. Yeah. That's, this is kind of maybe not. Maybe this is not the best analogy. <laughs> yeah, don't just go open kimono willy right, nilly. Right. <laughs> yeah, keep the robe closed, but but you uh, you are in in some sense becoming vulnerable, and um, mm. but you do it in community, in slowness, in um, and with wisdom. So Neil, yeah, next, totally. next week, what does uh, friendship look like? Is that what we're gonna? Um, address. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're gonna kind of actually iron out what kind of commitments we make with one another, how to um, how to navigate that. You know, what do we do for one another? Like, what what is truly what's the benefit, right? Right. And uh, of having that kind of relationship, um, but but not only that, I think it's important to note um, that this episode is really kind of focused on a more sky view. of this topic and what we want to do next week is kind of get on the ground and get super practical what does this look like and maybe even talk about our own personal experiences so neil Um, are you saying that loneliness is like a pandemic and we're looking at all the worldwide impact and then next week we're going to look at what it means to wash our hands and mask up is that what you're saying uh, and get a peanut butter shot and get a peanut butter shot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just we're going to boil water too, and do all sorts of magic, magic, magic. Weird. This Weird. what, where are we going? Yeah. This, <laughs> disciplines of friendship. Right. And, um, and how disciplines can, of friendship, how can we do friendship, uh, well, and how can we do it together? Like what is, what do Neil and I do? Right. How do we uh-huh. challenge each other? How do we admonish each other? How come, Neil and I live in two different states now, and we're still friends, and we still communicate yeah. on a, a by by three three times a week basis, right? And, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, and sometimes we have long hour, two hour long phone conversations. So how can we have that kind of friendship, and yet we have like zero stuff in common in the fact that we don't we're not next to each other? Uh, obviously, yeah. we have like the exact same amount of kids at the exact same time with the exact same ages and genders, and it's weird. And we have beards, and we're yeah. handsome, um, and gla- got cool glasses. <laughs> and, but and we're veterans, and we're veterans. <laughs> so we have a lot in common. But ultimately, we uh, we have a, the disciplines of friendship going on in our lives, and, yeah. and we want to share that with you. Uh, but you have to come mm-hmm. in next week and listen in. All right, guys. Well, we thank you for listening to another episode of the Gospel Lifeline podcast. Matt and Neil, 
We out.